You have just tuned in to Igniting Courage Podcast. This is where we come together to face the fear and discomfort that comes with courageous life. Because if you ever want to make your life better, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. And I want to normalize that so you can live a courageous and thus fulfilled life. We're in the triple digits now, and so I needed to have another twofer. Episode 100 had a twofer with our two awesome tweens. Now we have two awesome twins with Carrie and Candy, the founders of Grand Traverse Woman Magazine. So not only are they twins, they are co-founders of a magazine, business partners, and neighbors. And so I talk about the courage to go into business with your sister, which I think takes a whole lot of courage, and then see that business through to incredible success 18 years later. It's fun, they're fabulous, and they have created an amazing community here in Traverse City for all the women through their magazine. So I hope you enjoy their courage and their joy in this episode of Igniting Courage podcast. Enjoy. Like any follow-up, she'll cut it off and like, right, there's some trimming going on if we have- Oh no, I leave it all in. (laughs) Nervous farts, burps, you know. I can't handle this. Um, Yes, I edit and I will edit out this. All right, well, welcome to the show, Carrie and Candy. Thank you so much for being here. How are y'all today? Great, Great. how are you? Good, good. I'm so excited. I've been thinking about having you both on the show for a while because I think uh, what you've done in life is, is a very courageous thing. And I'm sure it's taken courage all along the way, but we'll get to that in just a sec. (laughs) And this is an interesting thing because you guys, I've never had twins on the show. And so we'll see how this goes, but I'm interested to see how the answer to this question goes. So Carrie, let's start with you. Where's an unusual place that you have to summon your courage? Like kind of irrational or kind of like silly or weird? Um, Well, let me think on this. So I've done a lot of paddling. I've done... I've done a Voyager canoe across the Straits of Mackinac. Cool. But, but I get on a sup board, and once I can't see the bottom of the lake, I freak out. I hate it. Which sounds insane, right? That's <laughs> deeper. For bigger water. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's so weird. It's like I don't have edges or something. Something, I don't know. Oh, specifically the sup. Yeah, the sup board. Oh. Uh, love it slash hate it. Right, because somebody could come over the edge. Yes, or or I'm going to get sucked off. I don't know. (laughs) And she was never heard from again. (laughs) It's so creepy. It creeps me out to no end. But I've been on these bigger excursions, have paddled next to freighters. Right? That's insane. But I'm well, worried about that. I kind of get where you're coming from, though, because you're you're on the water. Like, oh, I get it. You know, I can see how it would be like, make you forget. It unnerves me. Yeah. All right. Well, Candy, how about you? What, where's the unusual place you have to summon your courage? Uh, probably mountain biking at the start of a race. If, oh. Like the Iceman in, in Traverse City, Michigan, there's a big mountain bike race. There's 5,000 riders. And when you line up, you're literally with 100 people, which is still a lot yeah. <laughs> for the record. Yeah. But um, I think that's the hardest part of getting ready for an event is literally that two minutes before you start and then where suddenly you realize holy crap what have i gotten myself into why am i here yeah is this this a voluntary thing right and i'm here okay (laughs) so do you do other kind of racing have you experienced that at the beginning of other races or is it just mountain bike races just mountain bike 
So I keep torturing myself and it does get easier. <laughs> After many, many years of doing this, I'm like, I think I'm actually enjoying myself, but not for those last two minutes before yeah. the gun goes off. <laughs> well, there is a thing called activation energy and it's that the step it takes to start something that's really hard. And maybe that's what you're experiencing. Is I'm that fine as soon as I start. Right, exactly. Once you get going, you're like, oh, cool. I'm good to go. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And you have, where are you in the, you have a nemesis in this Iceman mountain bike, right? I Race? Do. I have a good friend, Jake, who is, we are about the same speed. So every year, one or the other of us will, will beat the other, but we always start in a different wave. So most of these races are either sorted by gender or speed and we're so close that we kind of switch back and forth so it's so much fun but really that's what gets you out and training people i want you to know you need a nemesis <laughs> that's how you get out on rainy days <laughs> i love it well that's you know it's it's and it's fun that you both had athletic answers um and active answers which is which is really cool and, and indicative of where we live you know there's so many wonderful things to do up here in northern michigan um so another big thing that you all did together was you started a magazine 18 years ago yes yes 18 we're we're legal yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and so talk to me about sort of the the initial birth of this idea and you know i would imagine i love my brother to death but i would not go into business with him so talk to me a little <laughs> bit about that the activation energy and the idea yeah, yeah. to get grand traverse woman, woman magazine going um, yeah, speaking of, like you said, the birthing of the whole idea, I was actually at home on maternity leave, and I had my first baby, which is, he's 18, so that's how we know 18 years, just about for this magazine, but I was, like, cleaning out the basement and, like, nesting for the baby that was coming, and I found this little scrap of paper from college, and it was one of those 5, 10, 20-year plans, where do you see yourself in five years? And I put starting a women's magazine, and at the time I was teaching, and teaching journalism and I had all these kids who like didn't care as much as me you know like they were great kids but they were kids on my leave I was like wow this note I kind of found it at the right moment I felt like it was a sign because I wanted to work from home and that's definitely something by then publishing was still uh, not entirely digital but we were you know right on the cusp of it and so I called Carrie up I was like hey I've got this crazy idea let's quit our full-time permanent <laughs> benefits job and let's do this thing and raise our kids you know because she had yeah. a two-year-old at the time and I had a two-year-old and I was teaching um elementary preschool loving it but I knew I didn't want to necessarily be out of the house all the time so Candy came a knocking and I kind of looked at my skill set which is kind of the people aspect she had the journalism aspect and we decided to start figuring out how that would work together to, to run this business together, which you had said that it's crazy to work with siblings. It is. Okay. Just so you know, <laughs> we arm wrestle regularly. Okay. Why, yeah, why do you think we have GQ on events every other month that involve wine? I mean, come on. Man. <laughs> this is not for the readers. This is for us. <laughs> right. Exactly. So one of our first steps actually was to sit down and we decided, let's see if we have, we knew we want to do a women's magazine. And we thought, okay, is there, do we know 100 women? We figured this was our start. Do we know people? Like, where are we at with this? So we literally sat down and wrote down every woman we knew. I mean, we maybe got to 99, and the 100th was the cashier at the grocery store. <laughs> like, okay, we got it. She'll recognize us. <laughs> she'll, 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 get, she'll back this. I know it. 
<laughs> and then actually in Zanta, we were part of Zanta back then. So I went to a Zanta meeting and um, Margie Tipsworth actually was the lady who I'd known my whole life. And she was sitting next to me and I just kind of floated the idea. What do you think of this? And she said, you know what? I'll buy your first ad. And I remember just floating out of that meeting. I called Carrie. I'm like, guess what? We just sold an ad to a magazine we haven't even created. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, we hauled around a prototype around town that was so old school. We should find that, Annie. But it was literally like a three-hole punch. Here's what it's going to look like. And it was amazing. People were just like, we're in. And so we just kind of kept accumulating with advertisers and support. And it was crazy. You should have seen the principal's face, though, when I went to quit my good job. <laughs> well, and there is a question that everybody asks themselves when they're making that big move. And I love, Candy, that you said, you called up Carrie and said, let's quit our jobs and let's you know, start this thing, right? And, and losing that quote-unquote security, which has a different definition today based on COVID, but losing that security. Talk to me a little bit about the courage it took to actually quit, Carrie. Oh, my gosh. Well, it probably took me a week to work up the nerve. Because <laughs> a week, I mean, I didn't think about it, but I was like, okay, we're really going to do it. We're really going to do it. So I go in there and it's actually a teacher I had when I was young. So I had known him. And then I said, guess I need to turn my two weeks or I'm done the end of the school year. And this is what we're doing. And he just looked at me a really long time. And he said, you can do it. Oh, <laughs> that's he awesome. He's like, that's amazing. And then that was all. And it just was such a relief. But I was a mess leading up to that meeting. <laughs> I bet. I bet. But he looked at me the longest time and I thought, oh, he's kind of like a dad. What's he going to say right now? <laughs> right? <laughs> he can shut this down. Like, you guys can do it. Good luck. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so. And, and so in the development of this, you get it going. When was your first time where you looked at each other and said, oh, crap, what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've had that moment. It's been good. <laughs> Well, maybe COVID, during COVID. COVID, yeah. COVID <laughs> oh, no. Chapter. Really? So 18 but, years in, there wasn't ever a moment where you were like, oh, no. First, no, our first, well, our first issue, we literally sold enough to pay for printing, which was our goal, and we made a profit. So when we made a profit on the first issue, we were like, okay, <laughs> let's celebrate. But I do think... We were both shocked. I mean, in a good way that, you know, you, if you build it, they will come. It was just one of those moments. I think we showed up right, uh, right as the women's movement was actually, I mean, this is 18 years ago. It's a totally different today, of course. But even back then, I think people were really excited to see two women going into business. And we were 27. Carrie, how old are we? Let's not do that math right now. We're going to do I think plus 18. Like, Let's see what happens. And then we actually made... Um, which I think was really key to our success is we decided the content would be first person essays. And so it was women telling their stories, which nobody else in town was really doing like in bulk, you know, like we were, we're our, it was all of our content. So I think that really struck a chord. So women really love to connect. They love to talk and share ideas. And we, I, I mean, when you have something go wrong, you, you don't necessarily Google first. You call your mom, you call your best friend, you call, you know what I mean? You go out and find these other women and, and kind of start there. And then so I yeah. think that's really what helped put us on the map, so to speak, was women connecting with other women. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so the right approach at the right time where the need was, you know, where there was a hole, right? Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Now, I can think of a holy crap 
moment candy. (laughs) I knew there would be one. (laughs) So we had put together our first event and we had anticipated 30 women. This is a good oh crap moment, but we ended up with 150 RSVPs. And that's when we said, oh crap, what are we going to do with this monster? We had like a long table reserved at the back of a restaurant. (laughs) We're going to need a bigger table. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a fun moment. That's when we decided events were another key component to bringing women together. So that was, that was a big, oh my gosh, we were literally standing at the door can you guys go back actually to this restaurant? <laughs> you know, we had to redirect them to someplace who could get us in at the last minute. With, it was it was crazy. But I, did, I just thought of another oh crap moment. <laughs> first issue. So we had our first issue printed. And we had, you know, shopped around printers here and there. And so we thought we made it this good choice. Well, the issue shows up. And this was back when we were doing it all. So we didn't have help with distribution. And we were doing the delivery ourselves. And so this truck pulls into my driveway to deliver our 10,000 issues um, in my pole barn. So I go out there and I pull out the copy and like all the pages are super gray and like there's no, just all the pictures were just muddy. And I looked at the guy and he's just this delivery guy. And I said, wow, this is horrible. We, we do not want these issues. And he said, well, I'm not taking them back. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, hold on a minute. I'm going to call my sister. Okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm calling in the sister. <laughs> so I called Carrie and she was like watching Young and Restless or something, you know, at home. Just eating fudge stripe you know, cookies. Exactly. I was like, this is a crisis mode over here. And she's like, send them back. And so then the, the guy said called his boss and he said, I guess we'll take him back. And so he ended up taking back the issue. So all these advertisers are expecting the issue, whatever. It was like a Friday or something. So by the following Wednesday, Carrie and I are driving downstate with my dad's pickup, the only one I had to pick up big enough for 10,000 issues, <laughs> picking up a new set of issues from a different printer. And it was so funny. Like we looked like we were so brave to be like, you know what? Let's get our pickup truck and go get these issues. <laughs> <laughs> you can drive a forklift, can't you, Carrie? Absolutely. <laughs> and then we get down there, and the printer guy's like, "What are you guys driving?" We're like, "This Chevy pickup." What do you <laughs> get on the back? He's what like, "Do you know what ten thousand copies looks like?" <laughs> sure. What <laughs> them up. Did they fit? They fit. And we had like straps, and we stopped halfway home and got some duct tape, and like <laughs> it was kind of a crisis, but we got home. Well, that's one of those make it work moments. And that sounds like the key. And and from all entrepreneurs I've ever talked to, sometimes you have those make it work duct tape and a pickup truck moments (laughs) where it's like, well, here's what we got to (laughs) do. We promised it by Wednesday. It's coming in Wednesday. (laughs) And it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you want to stay in business, you deliver what you say you're going to deliver, whether it's you delivering it or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. What do you what do you see as Grand Traverse Women Magazine's mission? Well, I would say Ooh. connecting women is ultimately our mission Absolutely. because we've often talked about, you know, it's kind of this threefold product where it's literally, you know, business, advertisement, stories, and events. So I feel like these women are connecting, even if you're not a business owner, you're connecting at an event or you're t- connecting because you wrote an article. Yeah. So I do really feel like women 
feel like there's, it's not an impersonal business in any way. You know, it's very much like if you are a part of the pages, you, people read you, that your neighbor brings it up. So I really feel like these other women, you know, women connecting basically. It's, yeah. And it sounds like one of the benefits of those connections is empowerment. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think um, just as, for example, our events, we try to bring in awesome speakers like Ann Bonnie, you might've heard of her. <laughs> but definitely bringing education to the table, showing women um, what we're about and what they're about. And I think even, you know, the, the funny part is I think we're also the generation where we're, it's just so internal for us that we're already empowered, mm. but it's like, how do you crack it open? Mm-hmm. How do you put it into action and what does that look like because we'll have different generations say stuff to us and we just we just think that's not our take and that's a good thing like right like I don't know how to say that quite right but some people will just be like this is so amazing and in, in one facet that it like the whole community is amazing but at the same time we're like why wouldn't it be <laughs> right we're there we're doing it you're here so why wouldn't it just be already a powerful community right from the get-go? Well, I think one of the benefits of what you do is you're essentially letting the women of your community write your magazine. Yeah, they're built. I mean, they built our product. I mean, truly, they come, they show up, and they write, and and we do. That's another thing we really focus on too. Is we want it to be a laid-back, easy atmosphere. People can walk in, and we've had women who show up who are just like, I guess not our type, you know, they're very, very, very formal or official or something. And I was like, listen, you need to relax. And they're like, all right. <laughs> and often they're like, they just have more fun. They're like, okay, this is not one of those things where I have to be like perfect. I can be real and funny. Oh and like I would talk to a neighbor. So. Well, and talk to me about the courage that it takes to have a stance on your brand, because you do have a brand. It's fun, it's inviting, it's welcoming, it's connecting, it's empowering, but it's not stuffy and formal and core, you know. So talk to me about the courage that it's taken over the years to stick with that. You know, I don't know if it's even taken courage because people really react to it. I mean, it's just, of course it helps we have each other. So we do have like the the, the feedback from each other, you know, so there have been times where like, that's a bad idea. And the other one's like, oh, that's amazing. You're so dumb. You know, like <laughs> we're doing this. And then, so I mean, between the two of us, you know, bad ideas have been knocked down in time. But in general, I think that just that the, the uniqueness of being ourselves helps our brand. And we actually, whenever we try to be formal, something bad usually goes wrong. <laughs> like, we got invited to some women's empowerment conference downstate. Carrie forgot her actual clothing for the event. Okay, so she like gets to, in the car. She's like in her fat pants and a sweatshirt. Hey, jeans. Like, where are your dress clothes? She's like, oh shoot, I forgot them. So we have to pull into Bertrand. We're in Bertrand getting her whole outfit. <laughs> We're like, oh, we are not cut off for this. <laughs> That's what we learned. We'll just stick with what we like to do. So we think if we don't want to do it, then who else wants to do it, right? Subconsciously, so, like, Carrie we... left her clothes at home on purpose. <laughs> I can't do it. I didn't want to do this event anyway. <laughs> right. Some people would just forget their shoes. Carrie's like, nope, I'm going commando. <laughs> Completely. Um, make this happen. 
Well, and that comes, that's an interesting journey that I went through when I was developing my speaking business was figuring out who am I? Because as authentically me, I'm a better speaker and a better business person. And I've come off as a lot better. It sounds like that's exactly what you're saying yeah. is that that authenticity to you all um, helps drive that brand and drive that inv invitingness and the fun, you know, cause that's one thing I know about yeah, you all and every event you have is they're fun. You laugh a lot and it's, it's fun. Okay. Oh, well, same with, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, same with you for sure, because it's like, a, there's no facade, you know, who you're walking into and what you're getting and and if you don't like it, that's fine too. Right. We got our little circle here. We're going to get on a bus and go to Chicago and, you know, make some trouble. <laughs> right. I haven't gotten to do with you all yet. Talk to me about the courage to take three busloads of women to Chicago. Four busloads of women. Okay, now that took some serious courage because we started with one. We started with like 30 women, which is there's 50 women on a bus. So it went one, two, three. And then maybe three or four years ago, we're like, okay, we're going for the fourth because we had a wait list and we had the formula. You know what I mean? You just need, you need two fun people to run every bus and we uh -huh. have lots of fun friends. Yeah. So <laughs> it just, um, but it is, I do have to say it's very nerve wracking. I have a lot of fun once we get there. I'm like, okay, everybody's here. You're in your rooms. Please show up Sunday morning when we leave. Okay. But I don't want to hear another word out of any of you until. Oh my gosh. And I do think it. It does attract, like you just, whoever you're running with, so to speak, you kind of get fun people, but there have been some folks who go, this is, you know, we thought we were going to get on a bus and be very quiet and not do anything and just travel, period. And then we've, so we've kind of worked, you know, they've learned our personality and we've learned theirs. And so it's nice to have repeat, you know, ladies who are coming with us. That makes it easier and more fun for us. And just, I think it's just one of those things where you attract what you want to do. If we don't yeah, want to sit do. in a stuffy bus. We want to have games and drink maybe a little wine and just have fun. But Candy <laughs> does like, freak out. Candy freaks out about the 400 or the 400 off. And Dell's like four Because it's a lot of work and a lot of work, you know, a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that, like you said, you sell out almost every year. Well, except this year, which, you know. I'm afraid what that. next year is going to look like. Like, there's going to be a lot of pent up Chicago energy by this time <laughs> next year. Eight buses. Here we go. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to need a few more hotel rooms. I think Anne just volunteered to help host. I think she would be a great host. Anne? I'm going to have to work up my courage for that. I don't think so. Not at all. <laughs> So as individuals, you know, I mean, one of the things that I imagine that twins get is, hey, let's not forget that we're individuals here. Have you ever had to kind of separate, whether it's with the magazine or in life in general, that courage to kind of step out as yourself? Talk to me a little bit about that, because you guys not only are twins and business partners, but you're also neighbors, aren't you? Five miles apart, yeah. So we often will meet for a hike or a bike, you know. So almost all of our work meetings are actually hiking out at uh, Lake Dubonnet and Interlochen. We go out there a lot and we have matching dogs and everything. <laughs> Two golden retrievers. But no, we, um, the older we get, the better we've gotten at saying, you know, our own alone time, our boundaries. And I think that definitely helps, you know, when you have, and we also know what we're good at too. So there's certain things that um, like if Carrie has ideas for editorial, I'll be like, no, that's my department. <laughs> Step aside. <laughs> so I do think that that's part of the growth of every partnership, you know, just kind of learning those 
what the other person's good at and, and letting them run with it. So yeah, I think instead just of debating having... everything, we used to debate everything to pieces. Now we're kind of like, okay, you got that. All right, let's move like, on. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Checklist. Yeah. I think the boundaries are great. And I think also as we've gotten older in the magazine has developed into a little bit more independent stages. We've also branched out a little bit independently for other careers, so to speak, you know, so just working on different projects, I think, brings new energy back into the, the business, which is great because it's not all, for a long time, it was, you know, raising kids, raising a magazine, yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff. And now we've, we've established quite a nice routine, a great crew we work with are amazing. Um, and so now we kind of have some individuality that's coming in that helps keep us fresh too. Great. If you had a piece of advice for somebody who was thinking of going into business with a family member, if you had a, a cautionary tale, and I want one from each of you, all right? If you would say, just watch out for this, or, you know, think about this, what would it be? Carrie, I'll let you go first. Um, I would have to say that um, ages and, and phases, basically, like I think at each stage, and phases and all this is different. So when you're young raising babies, that's different. So you have different expectations for your business and what you want to put into it and what your partner wants to put into it. And I think that was part of our growing pains as our kids got older, what does it look like? Is it a retirement outlook? Like is that our exit or retirement or is it, you know, so I think looking at all the decades would be my piece of advice. So you know how, to, how you each want to approach it. I love it. And constantly evolving too, based mm -hmm. on where you are. Yeah. I love, it. I love it. Candy, how about you? Um, I would say my advice would be along the lines of like dividing that personal versus business space. You know, so if we had something cooking at work, it was really easy to take it to the Thanksgiving dinner table and talk, 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 you know? So for many years when we first started, it really felt like it was all work all the time, although we loved it. So, I mean, it's like hard not to, if you're really you know, you're planning a Chicago trip. That's a ton of fun. It's hard not to, but, you know, so I would say that, yeah, it's like keeping those nine to five Monday through Friday hours, I think is healthier for like the sister relationship or, you know, your other family relationships. Instead of, yeah. I'm not sure. I know my husband got sick of a, another G2 woman talk. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, isn't it great? Woo! <laughs> 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 So I really decided I'd like to keep him. So I'm going to go ahead and keep the hours. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> we'll work all night and have fun all night. Whatever, Tim. <laughs> I love it. Well, you all are a delight and I'm so glad you're part of the Traverse City community because I think not only are you showing and role modeling courage, but you're building the courage in all the women in town as we all, as we all grow and, and learn and connect. Um, so thank you for everything that you all do. Mm -hmm.